Voices of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian nation. We ask, O Lord, that you will make your mind known to us in the name of Jesus. You will equip us to be able to glean all that we need to glean so that our spiritual life can be sharpened in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, for answer prayers. In Jesus' name, we pray. God bless you. God bless you. The topic is still God's redemption agenda. Rediscovering God's redemption agenda. The redemption agenda of God is God's answer to the problem of sin. God's answer to the problem of sin is found in his program or agenda of redemption that made him to give us his only begotten son such that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So put very simply, the redemption and gender of God is God's answer to the problem of sin in relationship to the eternal destination of the soul of man. You may need to hear that again. The redemption agenda of God is God's answer to the problem of sin in relationship to the eternal destination of the soul of man. And so we introduced that topic last week. And in trying to introduce that topic, the issue of the most topical debate in the society as a window of assaying, measuring, or testing the spiritual health of the society came up as a major emphasis. You recollect that? The issue of the most important, the most popular debate in the society, we picked on that as a major window to examine the spiritual health of a society, and it was a very big emphasis. And so today, we are going to embark on a comprehensive review of that last week's study in order to drive home today's lesson on still the most topical debate in the society as a window of assessing the spiritual health of the society. So, and that will be coming up under the subtopic power of persuasive and aggressive narrative. The power of persuasive and aggressive narrative. You know what it means to persuade, and you know what it means to be aggressive. Okay? So, hoping that uh, a further emphasis on that issue will serve as a wake-up call for us to take the propagation of God's redemption agenda more seriously. So it's not enough 
that you understand or discover God's redemption agenda, accept it for your personal salvation. You also have a responsibility for its propagation. Are we together? Hallelujah. And so, last week, we commenced that topic, uh, rediscovering God's uh, redemption agenda, by establishing the fact that the most topical discourse or debate in any society can be employed as a major window to assess the state of spiritual health of that society. And of course, if you live in an infectious society, except you insulate yourself, you will also get infected. Are we together? If you live in a mosquito-invested environment, certainly you are going to get infected with malaria. Okay? If you drink from a water that is polluted, all manners of uh, uh, sicknesses can, and diseases can come up. Are we together? So, our society today, as we observed it last week, is a society that can discuss and promote immorality openly, without blinking an eye, with every form of pride. But the same society is opposing the preaching of the gospel. And of course, that clearly tells the story of the state of the spiritual infirmity that is plaguing our society. May we be the instrument that will communicate the redemption agenda for the healing of the souls of men in the name of Jesus and for the sanitization of our environment, our society, in the name of Jesus. So, in other words, or plainly put, without my seeing word, we are actually living in a sick society. Our society is not normal. Our society is plagued. Our society is sick. So, we are living in a sick society. Why? Any society that can entertain and openly celebrate evil is terribly sick critically sick. In fact, our society should be in the intensive care unit, okay, of the spirit for healing and deliverance. Looking at our society today, it's so clear that the battle for souls of men is raging. The devil and his human cohorts collaborators, agents, they are all out for a final conquest. The devil will not win this battle. Yeah. I said the devil will not win this battle yeah. in the name of Jesus. So, on the basis of that, it is expected that no serious institution involved in the contention for the soul of man to slack in ensuring that it does not take the back seat in determining the philosophies, the ideologies that should shape its society. So it is not expected that this is the time to be complacent. It is not expected that in this critical time, in this injury time, in these last days, okay, the church will now be so 
complacent and sit at a kimbo and watch the devil continue to wreck destiny, continue to populate hell. So there's a need for us to therefore rediscover God's redemption agenda, accept it for our personal salvation, and be the instrument of its propagation. Why? Because the redemption agenda is God's answer to the problem of sin in relationship to the eternal destination of men. And so we are in a society that is heavily engaged in what I classify as debative war of intellect. So it is that same debative war of intellect we are looking at under the topic the power of persuasive and aggressive narrative. So we classify societal conflict as debative war of intellect and combative war of weapons. And we went on to reason or argue or conclude that the debative war of intellect more often than not instigate or precipitate the combative war of weapons, which is the second type. Two types of war, debative war of intellect, combative war of weapons. Okay, let me put it in Yoruba. Okay. Even in the in the physical sport, boxing, even wrestling, okay, by the time the the people who are to compete, okay, come to the ring, you first see the way they talk to each other. Are we together? So you see one bragging and the other one bragging. Why? The one that is, the reason they brag is to psychologically defeat the opponent even before the battle starts. Are we together? So, oh, Loman Saju Ogun, Eronulon B, oh, Weno, oh, Wasaju Ogun, to both they also learn what you call Rune or Kare, praise the name of the Lord. And that is why the issue of narratives generated by ideologies, okay, and philosophies should not be taken for, for, for granted in any spiritual battle. Are we together? Why? Because the thought of God and the thought of men, they are always far apart. The philosophy of men, men that are not redeemed, Men whose thoughts have not been transformed will never agree with the program of God. Are we together? So, and where thought does not align, conflict will arise. It is only where thought align that conflict will not arise. Are we together? So, then we went on to check on the various markets where thoughts, philosophy, and ideologies are put on sale. We mentioned school, we mentioned boardroom, parliamentary chambers, uh, uh, social uh, arenas, 
Okay? But we put emphasis on the social media space. You recollect? And we identify the social media space as a critical modern battlefield of conflicting ideas. So the social media space is a battlefield of conflicting ideas. Is there any day you go on the social media, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, okay, that there are no issues being debated? So it, it's a battlefield of conflicting ideas and such, such that we must not leave what they influence us to monopolize it. The moment we allow worldly influencers to monopolize the social media space, then there's no future for the church. There was a time I described the social media space as a common market where both the foolish and the wise meet. Hello. The social media space, I once described it as a common market where both the foolish and the wise meet. And activities going on the social media, you know those ones that belong to, to the fools of this world. And the many stupid things they are doing there. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you can go to the social media space to sell and to buy wisdom. And of course, so much foolishness is also being displayed for sale on the social media space for the simple to buy. So, it's a common market where both the foolish and the wise meet. Say, whenever I go there, I am going there to sell wisdom. I am going there to buy wisdom. I will never be part of the fools who are there doing evil. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. And we went on. Take note, I said, we are reviewing some of the things we said last in order to put emphasis on the power of persuasive and aggressive narrative. So, in the course of that discussion, we open, I mean, we opine that there are two sides to the debative war of intellect, and we identify them as ideological persuasion and religious indoctrination. Okay? Like the two sides of a coin. So, even the debative war of intellect also has two sides. The ideological persuasion side and the religious indoctrination side. And both of these, there could be many other things that shape the society, but these two shape human society mostly. Ideological persuasion and religious indoctrination as the most persuasive and aggressive narrative to shape the society. Are we together? So, and when you look at our society today, you will notice that we are living at a time when the most logical argument heard by sound minds but with lame mouths are easily stepped aside by the most illogical propaganda 
been spread by warped minds who have sharp mouths. You want me to come again? Now, logical reasoning, moral persuasion, ethical values that can help individuals and also help the larger society that sound mind, people with sound mind have. But when this sound mind have a lame mouth and they cannot push their ideas, they cannot pass across or communicate the truth with sufficient persuasion and aggressive power required to make men to buy it in the public space, you will discover that such ethical value will be easily stepped aside, brought aside, okay? Packed off the road. Are we together? By what? The most illogical propaganda being spread by warped minds. Minds that are dirty. Minds that are not circumcised. Minds that propound evil and project evil. Okay? But they have sharp mouths to match their warped mind. And therefore, they dominate public opinion. Am I talking to somebody? So, believers with sad mind, but with lame mouth, okay, are nowhere to be found when it comes to the issue of opinions that shape the society. Whereas we allow the space to be cumbered, occupied by people with warped mind, but they have sharp mouth. So that is the kind of time we are living in. Are you together? And the Lord will help you by the reason of this message to be God's instrument that will change the narrative. Say, I am God's instrument that will change the narrative. I am God's instrument of making godless a pride in my generation. So when we look at this generation, it is in this generation that conspiracy theory became a popular lexicon in public discourse. Up to now, the old truth about COVID-19 vaccine remained a controversial puzzle, even among members of the biomolecular scientist family. Hello? I think I have some medical people in, in the house. Till this morning, the old truth about COVID-19 vaccine is not yet known. You still see argument back and uh, front. Why? Because we are in a generation where conspiracy theory has become a popular lexicon in public uh, uh, discourse. Move away from the medical field. Come to the political arena. Today we have what is called the concept of data boys. And what are they doing? They are, they are marketing political narrative which are not about public good but pure propaganda to whitewash evil for the masses to believe. They just whitewash evil for the masses to do what? 
to believe. We know the situation that the country is going through. But you go on the social media and you hear some people say certain things and package everything as if uh, uh, Nigeria has entered paradise. <laughs> Are we together? So they use propaganda to make hell look like paradise. The power of persuasive and aggressive narrative. Yet we hold the truth of the gospel. Okay? We are not doing enough to spread it. May God have mercy on the church. In the name of Jesus. So, as a matter of fact, the philosophy or the ideology of that segment of the society that is more aggressive and most persuasive will control the society. Hello? Hello? Imagine that people will come to a church, <laughs> hallelujah, and the pastor is preaching, okay? And rather than shout hallelujah, they are shouting wahala, 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 wahala. Why? Because the architect of wahala, wahala is very persuasive, very convincing, and very aggressive about marketing his product. Say, I will market Jesus everywhere I go. Say, I will market Jesus everywhere I go. I will market Jesus with confidence. I will market godliness with pride. Am I talking to somebody? So, the philosophy, the ideology of that segment of the society that is more aggressive and most persuasive will control the society. Okay. Let's go into... international policy and match that with what our faith is suffering today in Africa. Whereby there is this narrative that is selling the Christian faith as a foreign religion. Okay? And persuading Christians to abandon faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and go back into idol worship. When you do a check on history and geography, it will shock you to discover that what is known today as Middle East, you know, the part of the world that is called the Middle East. Are we together, church? Are we on the same page? Hallelujah. Oasis is a church. Oasis is a school. Praise the name of the Lord. Everything being done to prepare you that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, a check on history and geography will reveal to you that what is known today as Middle East is better classified as Northeast Africa. Now, if I come up today and I say Israel is Africa, how many of you will accept it? Hello? I say Israel is in Africa. Is Israel in Africa? Okay. But you have asserted that it is not in Africa because there has been a narrative over the years that has marketed Israel to you as not being, an, as not being on African continent. The power of 
persuasive and aggressive what? Narrative. So, the artificial Suez Canal was dug to cut Northeast Africa away from Africa. Okay? By geography. By history. Okay? What we know today as Middle East belong to the block called Africa. Are we together? But the creation of the artificial swell canal has given us a, for what purpose? Mystify human history. Hello? The cradle of human history is supposed to be or by reality is Africa. Are we together? So, but today, okay, you can't say it except we undergo a kind of study we are going through. Why? Because a narrative over the years has been sold to us. So, the Swiss Canal is an artificial sea level waterway located in Egypt. It connects the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea. You know, the classification of continent is done by ocean and seas. Are we together? Okay. And so, by the, by the reason of the Atlantic, um, Atlantic uh, Ocean, okay, the, the location of what is known as Middle East today should be on this side. Are we together? So that we are in West Africa, Israel and other Middle East countries will be in Northeast Africa. Okay, but the creation of Suez Canal, which is an artificial sea level waterway in Egypt, connected the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea through the isthmus of Suez, and therefore it divided Africa and Asia, and by extension, the Sinai Peninsula from the rest of Egypt. So, without that creation of the Suez Canal, Israel is comfortably sitting by natural geography on African soil. Are we together? So, there was a narrow waterway. And that narrow waterway was dug, expanded, to sea level in order to cut Middle East off from the rest of Africa. Are we together? Now, it has economic use. And what is the economic use? It makes uh, sea travel or commerce between Asia and Europe shorter. However, it has other implications. And part of the implication of the creation of the canal is that claim now, without proof, that Christianity is a white man religion force on Africa. Are you seeing the connection now? Assuming the Swiss canal was not created, and Northeast Africa, where we have Middle East, including Israel, a neighbor to Egypt, are still together as a block 
on the continent of Africa who will wake up one day and say, and say Christianity is a foreign religion forced on African people. When actually the whole Bible story takes place on African continent before the creation of the Suez Canal, which is a 19th century creation. Are we together? So, what today is known as Africa was never known as African in the beginning. The African soil was formerly known as Alkebulan. A-L-K-E-B-U-L-A-N-D. Meaning, mother of mankind or garden of Eden. You only need to go and read Genesis chapter 2, where the garden of Eden was created. And you will see a clear mention of Ethiopia or Kush in some other translation. Are we together? Or the land of Ham in some other translation. Praise the name of the Lord. Which arguably, okay, puts the original garden of Eden either in Iraq or somewhere in uh, Africa, in East Africa, around Ethiopia. Are we together? So, Akebulan is therefore considerably part of the Bible land. Say, Africa is part of the Bible land. So, which makes the Bible faith more indigenous to Africa than to Europe or America? Are we together? Because what we have always understood before now is that Christianity is a religion of the whites particularly white from the West, because the only people you know are the European from Canada and America and the United Kingdom who brought the gospel here. Praise the name of the Lord. Whereas, everything about the story of the Bible, including the gospel, okay, Africa feature very prominently. But where the narrative is silent, are we together? The wrong narrative become the truth. A lie told severally will eventually look like the truth. Are we together? So, these arguments that I'm making this morning point to the fact that whereas your philosophy, your idea may be positive if it is passive, the negative idea that is most persuasive and more aggressive will trend and overshadow it. Hello? Why is it today in our society okay, our young girls no longer pride their virginity? Hello? It is because by the time you gather three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on campuses, okay? They tell you keeping your virginity is old school. And they make jest of the one who is still keeping her virginity. Are we together? Why? Because the church itself no longer preach purity. So, where your philosophy or idea that is positive is made passive, 
because you don't have a sharp mouth, okay, and sufficient godly pride to push it. The negative idea that is most persuasive, more aggressive with trend, and it will overshadow the positive idea. So someone said this, and I cannot agree less. And what is it that that man said, anonymous man? He said, he who controls the words and narrative that we use is our master. The person that controls the words and the narratives that we use is our master. So, the slang that you use, whoever sponsors it, okay, indirectly is your master. So, if you are proud to use those slang as against, okay, quote the scripture, Jesus has stopped being your master. You have submitted authority of your life to whoever control the words that you speak. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are what? They are life. So, it is for this reason that the major trust of the gospel is to shoot down imaginations. It looks like the church Okay, no longer understood that dimension. So it's easier for the church to relate with the message of deliverance, to relate with the message of kill your enemy, conquer witches and wizards. Okay, they fail to realize that. In addition to that and beyond that, one of the major thrusts of the gospel is to shoot down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Narratives, ideologies, philosophies that controls the society, they are the imaginations. They are the high things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of Christ because they eventually form the belief system of the people. And that is why a number of people are quickly abandoning the Christian faith and embracing the wrong belief system. Are we together? Why? Because we are not doing enough to shoot down imaginations. Am I talking to somebody? 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3, 4, and 5. The scripture says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Remember, I classify wars into two. The debative war of intellect and the combative war of weapons. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So when we interpret these strongholds, we quickly think about witches and wizards. We may not be completely wrong. Are we together? Wow. But in context, the Bible is talking about 
philosophy, ideas, narratives, okay, that people believe, okay, as a result of that, they abandoned the word of God and became slaves of Satan. Am I talking to somebody? For the weakness of our welfare, they are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, casting down witches and wizards. Is that what we'll find in verse 5? Casting down what? Imaginations. Some people will just sleep and wake up and they will throw something on the social media and because it is trending, everybody will be doing gongosu, odidare, but if you want to know, and then why are you doing it? That's what everybody is doing. Why are you dressing the way you are dressing? That's what everybody is doing. Why are you talking the way you are talking? That's what everybody is doing. Why are you dancing the way you are dancing? That's what everybody is doing. Am I talking to somebody? Why? Because we fail to realize that we have a major trust of casting down imaginations. And every item that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Hello? We are fighting the things that exalt themselves against the power of God. Hello? But we are failing to also fight and bring down those things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every wizard. Wizard itself is a concept. If you don't defeat the concept, okay, you will continue to have more wizards. Prostitution is a concept. Are you with me? The concept of use what you have to get what you need is an imagination. So if you don't defeat that line of thinking, are we together? You will not be able to eradicate prostitution. Corruption, there's an imagination behind it. Oppression. There's an imagination behind it. In recent time, there's a music trending, Shika, Daju, eh, Marjorie, and so on and so forth. And you know, people just you are catching fun, forgetting that he will control the words that you say, and the narrative that you embrace is your master. Am I talking to somebody? Casting down what? Imagination. So this is the proper application of God's redemption agenda. It's not just going to church to go and make noise. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But we concluded that last Sunday that there is a serious lackness, serious complacency on the part of the church in making godliness a pride in this terrible society that is aggressively promoting moral vices, that is aggressively promoting antichrist philosophies. So we trace the root cause of that complacency 
and then we provide solutions. And what is the solution? The gospel of Jesus Christ. What do I call the solution? I define God's redemption agenda as God's answer to the problem of sin in relationship to the eternal destiny or eternal destination of men. So, the gospel has the potential to save individual souls. Are we together? The gospel has the potential. It is the power of God unto salvation. It has the power to save individual souls. It also has the power to shape morality of the general society. If we will practice it authentically, if we will be true and genuine disciples of Jesus Christ, are we together? We will turn the whole world upside down. If we live in such a way that we can say like Apostle Paul, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. However, that fits, that height, that level is far from being optimally achieved today. Why? There's a lack of required understanding the redemption agenda of God. It may appear the church is doing much in terms of several activities everywhere, but we need to do more. And the more we are doing should be the right things. Hello? Let us take note that the devil is getting wider. It's not getting wider. The devil is not taking it easy. Hello? And so we will also stop being complacent. So we noted the worst scenario. And it is a big challenge before the 21st century church. And what is that big scenario? The gospel is being made less attractive to modern day truth seekers. It's terrible that the church or the gospel is being made less attractive to modern day truth seekers. When you look around today and you assess the state of the church, like I said last week, you will notice a number of places where the gospel hitherto had traditional roots. Such places now need to be re-evangelized. Europe, Canada, America, mention them. They are now a shadow of their old spiritual state. May Nigeria's situation never get to that point. In the name of Jesus. Why was it so? The philosophy, the narrative of liberalism. The philosophy, the narrative of nominalism. So, in secular matter, they allow for liberalism. In spiritual matter, they allow for nominalism. I will explain all of that in, in further study. All of this has combined to erode the Christian foundation in those nations where the gospel once had foothold and were used powerfully to spread the gospel around the globe. How about Africa? 
Don't let us get carried away. Don't let us get carried away because of large physical gathering that we not see in our places of worship. Let us also assess the ideological orientation that is gaining root in the society. Let us assess the ideological orientation that is gaining root even among church-going people. If we do that, it will be very obvious that Africa is also sliding very fast into the reality of what I call apathy, indifference to the Christian faith. You will notice Exodus back into paganism. And that is being aggressively promoted, particularly by some of our people that cross into the West. And some teachers, I mean some church leaders, have been ignorantly enlisted in that without knowing. Today, the church is being dragged every day to account for what was never our primary responsibility. Every time you want to talk about backwardness in Africa, every time you want to talk about the problem in Nigeria, okay, you look for pastors to blame. Praise the name of the Lord. As if the pastors were the people we voted for to fix our economy. One of the shortest routes to social media popularity is to attack the church and our leadership, justly or unjustly. And all of this is a kind of aggressive narrative to attack the church. Aggressive narrative to demarket the gospel. You will not join them in Jesus' name. So when we put all this together, the matter of rediscovering God's redemption agenda and reapplying our energy to its propagation become a matter of utmost urgency. Say, Lord, help me. Say, Lord, help me. Say, Lord, help me to reapply my energy to the propagation of the gospel. Rise up and let us pray. 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 That the fathers of old died for will not die in my time. Oh, yeah, cry to God in the name of Jesus. The faith that the fathers of old died for, paid the supreme price for, will not die in my time. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayers. In Jesus' name we pray.
Say it louder. Amen. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 080-356858-82 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church or Justin's University of Ilorin Teaching Hospital. Okay, say Ilorin. God bless you.